0: Welcome to the Macabre Emporium. Welcome back to episode six, the Thanksgiving episode.
1: Like we had said previously, we we're going to be doing a bonus episode and a holiday episode, but with Thanksgiving falling in on the middle of the week when our normal releases, we are going to skip this as a bonus, and this will be our regular bonus, not a regular bonus, our regular episode for this week. This is also our f- second episode when, since we have decided to do full week releases. Weekly! Yay, Weekly! So this week, we are going to be doing Thanksgiving-related topics.
0: I'm going to be doing true crime,
1: of course. I know, big shock.
0: I know. What are you doing?
1: Oh, I'm sure this is going to be a big shock to you and them. I'm going to be doing the history of the Thanksgiving Day Parade.
0: In the Victorian era?
1: No, actually. (laughs) No, not the Victorian period, but maybe I should have looked up in that. But no, this is... I don't think they were that. They actually, from what I found, they weren't that old. This is oh. after the Victorian period. Aw, bummer. Can't tie that in. Um, it's gonna be a little bit a brief overview of the Thanksgiving Day parades, and it's mostly gonna focus on the Macy's because it's considered the probably most world famous one that there is. Yeah,
0: definitely. And
1: um, a little bit over the balloons, you know, probably the biggest star of the parade itself now. Obviously. Yeah.
0: So with Thanksgiving being tomorrow, mm-hmm. what are you thankful for?
1: Um, I'm thankful for you know you and my life obviously. Oh, you know I had to get the correct answer out there.
0: There was there was no right answer. I mean it's just <laughs> it's whatever. But that was cute.
1: I'm um, thankful that you know we decided to jump in on doing this podcast together because you know our other hobby that's quite expensive and the distances <laughs> we have to travel to do it. This yeah. is I mean the amount of our overhead cost of this is quite high, but still cheaper <laughs> the than The
0: overhead it. cost of the vinyls is way more than this. Yeah. God. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I'm thankful for... What am I thankful for? You, obviously. A good answer. Yeah. 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 I know. <laughs> so original. Uh, Thankful that the rest of my family is healthy, mm-hmm. and all of them are seemingly happy
1: now which is always nice
0: i would go into job and all that but we ain't doing that
1: <laughs> so what is you one of your favorite things to eat during thanksgiving
0: oh okay green bean casserole and like just the cheap stovetop stuffing you said too but the canned cranberry jelly is my no, favorite fine.
1: <laughs> what about you um, obviously, you know, my grandmother's potato recipes. definitely number one. Of on course, that, those are you know, amazing. Yeah. You know, even though, come to find out from a Facebook group that I was in, that they are actually close funeral, funeral potatoes, potatoes, just uh-huh. minus the uh, cornflakes on top. They put cornflakes on them? For, uh, when I found out they were funeral potatoes seen a recipe on that it's like i looked into it and then some of them actually have corn flakes listed on top of it but my grandmother huh. never
0: well way never to go ma- grandma because that's a weird combination in my opinion her yeah. grandma her, her grandma's really great her <laughs> potatoes are really good
1: mm-hmm. and then i would also say green bean casserole and probably still top stuffing but my grandmother was still with us today her stuffing would you know top the list but it'd probably be a shock that's all she ever did use and I wouldn't be too surprised by that because she did pretty much do all of it on her own from what I can remember. Yeah. In a very tiny kitchen, almost half the size of ours. Wow, really? Yeah. That's a tiny kitchen. Yeah.
0: But she made it work, didn't she? Yeah, she
1: made it work, but her kitchen wasn't a straight counter like ours. Hers was u shaped, so it was more utilized than what yeah. ours were. So maybe her counter space was a little bit bigger just by shape and design, plus had their table.
0: Anybody's cupboard or (laughs) counter space is bigger than ours. (laughs) Like we've got no counter. We nah. Uh, let's see.
1: So, have you ever gone and done any Black Friday shopping before?
0: Yes, and I hated it.
1: Yeah, I did it one time and never again.
0: Yeah, it was a one and done for sure. Like, you already know that when I'm out, if people are walking slow or walking right in front of me and walking slow, or they're, I keep getting bumped into i get really mad really easily yeah black friday is the worst place for somebody like me oh, yeah
1: the one time that i actually did go do it it was quite interesting to see because it was at walmart and everywhere it's like floating around the electronics department you know for the televisions and whatnot uh-huh. at the time uh, consoles really weren't as well they were popular but not Like how it is now for Thanksgiving. Yeah. But like this pallet of TVs rolled by and a third of the electronics department emptied out once they saw the pallet of TVs going up towards the front. Did get what I wanted you know, I did get what I went for. Yeah? Yeah. It was a digital camera for my mom. Uh Ah. Because the one she had had just taken a crap and she wanted a new one. Gotcha. And then I also did a Black Friday shopping for myself one time because I couldn't pass up the deal that I had found. For yourself? Yes. What'd you get for Christmas that year, David? It was Windows (laughs) 10 for like $60. Oh,
0: yeah. And that's probably when it had just come out too.
1: It was shortly after that. So yeah, when I saw that it was was out there for 60 bucks, I'm like, I cannot pass that up.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, no. Especially you being as into computers as you are like that. That would have been stupid to pass up. So, so, with that said, yeah,
1: this originally was going to be you know about Macy's Parade and Black Friday, but when I started looking into the origins of Black Friday, they're not as exciting as the fight videos you get that come on the internet like the day of, the day after people beating the shit at each other over a four dollar toaster. A
0: yeah, world star, world <laughs> star. We're not gonna
1: film in landscape, <laughs> only portrait.
0: Oh my God. <laughs> used to infuriate
1: yeah. me. So, yeah, like I said, fighting over a $4 toaster that they don't need in their life. Uh, yeah. It's like, and the big thing is, all that shit you can order online on Cyber Monday, basically, and not have to deal with that shit. Yep. But what I did find more interesting when I was looking into the history of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade was about their balloons, and it just, once again, I fall this rabbit hole. Of, Holy shit, that's neat. So, this is going to be... A, going over the macy's thanksgiving day parade a little bit and i'm going to go into a little bit more about the balloons so with that said obviously when you hear the term marching bands enormous balloons and floats the macy's thanksgiving day parade probably comes to mind yeah of course the macy's parade might be the most famous of all these parades held on thanksgiving day But it is certainly not the oldest. It's actually in tie with the second oldest Thanksgiving Day Parade held in Detroit, Michigan. It was created by the J.L. Hudson's Department Store, now named America's Thanksgiving Day Parade. J.L. Hudson would be rebranded into Marshall Field's Stores in 2001, and they would be acquired by Macy's in 2006. Okay. The oldest Thanksgiving Day Parade belongs to the city of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. That was started in 1920 by the now defunct Gimbal's department stores and is now named ABC Six Dunkin' Donuts Thanksgiving Day Parade. The Macy's and Detroit Parade would be formed four years later after the one in Philadelphia. I know there are more across the country, but these are the three oldest that I laid the ground that laid the groundwork for this holiday tradition. I will be focusing on the Macy's parade as it is the most famous of all three. Yeah. Now I'm sure you may have caught on all three these were started by department stores. Uh, these department stores would use these parades to celebrate the holiday shopping season. And when I was looking into the f- origins of Black Friday, which, like I said, mm-hmm. became quite boring, the only real interesting information that came out of it that it had started in the 1950s, and there was an unwritten law with advertisement with stores that they have now broken as of November 1st, with them now is that that this time period that it was a unwritten rule with the department store to do not use advertisement for christmas until after thanksgiving
0: uh man i wish i wish we'd go back to that Yeah, because i hate literally the day after halloween you start seeing christmas shit all over the place
1: oh yeah yeah it's like probably like actually i think i might have seen one or two on fucking halloween oh probably it's fucking stupid and there's supposed to be a war on christmas Yeah, the war (laughs) on Christmas is you get to push it back to, you know, the time period that it, you know, it belongs in after Thanksgiving.
0: Right. No, we'll just skip Thanksgiving altogether.
1: Yeah. And then I've been seeing shit about Thanksgiving is a a day, not a season. Christmas is a day and it's not a season. (laughs) Yeah. I've seen people try to argue that as well, too.
0: And Halloween is also not a day. It's a lifestyle.
1: Yeah, that's true. (laughs) So... In 1924, Macy's would open their flagship store that would take up an entire city block, branding it the world's largest store. The size of a city block or of Manhattan where the store is located would be 900 feet long and 264 feet wide. That's pretty big. Yep. Um, I really couldn't find anything in a calculator to give you an idea of something of how big that really is.
0: It's giant. It's
1: probably like a couple football fields long. Oh, wow. I should have like figured that out but yeah i'm not a mathematician if anybody you know wants to put that you know figure it out for uh, us in our group go ahead and put it in there the first parade was originally named macy's christmas parade according to macy's interactive timeline about the parade which you can find on their website which is quite like, super cool to watch a group of employees that were first generation immigrants to the united states wanted to hold this parade to give thanks and celebrate their newfound freedom and the coming of Christmas here in America. The original parade route started at 145th Street and Co- uh, Convent, Convent Avenue and then would end at 34 and Broadway, ending at the Macy's Store. This route was approximately six miles, but the entire parade session was only about two blocks long. The parade route today has been reduced on the two and a half miles.
0: But it's still like... A Very long parade, yeah, but that's also because they take breaks and bring in like performers to sing on the right, you know, the well, street. And whatever. Like,
1: it's a three hour event now because obviously, as something of popularity grows, it gets bigger. Um, this very first parade didn't actually consist of much in its procession as it does now. The very first parade had only four marching bands, possibly some jazz bands were thrown in there as well. Some of the videos I had watched had mentioned jazz bands. And that was even from Macy's website, but I couldn't find
0: f- Four marching bands? That's it?
1: Four marching bands oh at the time. Oh my
0: god, there's so many marching bands now.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I looked into it, There's like 12 total a year uh-huh. on that. And they also have to apply two years ahead of when they actually want to perform. Wow, really? Yeah, so the ones that wanted to perform performed this year, they had to put their perm- their application in, in 2020.
0: That's crazy. They yeah. just have such a long line that they have oh, to yeah. get through of people wanting to do this, right? Yeah, what? Yeah.
1: And one of the local marching bands here has actually performed at least six times in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade.
0: Six times? Yeah. Wow.
1: Mm-hmm. The one that, you told me, right? Okay. Yeah, the one that's closest to us. Okay, yeah. Uh There was four or five floats. Uh, once again, sources were then very consistent. Uh, Macy's said I should go really go with Macy's because they literally have their own historians and whatnot for as large as the story is. I would say so, yeah. Uh, these floats were The Old Lady That Lives in a Shoe, Little Miss Muffet, and Red Riding Hood, Three Men in a Tub, and Santa at the end. But seeing the videos and whatnot from this time period, it's like, I don't really think you could consider Santa at the end as a float the way it looked. I mean, it was not as elaborate as the one that they have. Was now. it like
0: him just sitting in the back of a car?
1: It um, looked it was very crudely made to look like a roof of him in a chimney uh, with, like, fabric okay. and stuff like that. But, yeah. Um, the floats at the time were, you know, drawn by horses mm-hmm. at the time because they probably didn't really think this was going to really take off. So, they probably didn't put a whole lot of effort into it like they right. do now. Um, parade participants were Macy's employees, which they still do today and is a special honor as well later on that I'll get into the other section. uh mm-hmm. And also, Santa Claus has brought up the rear of the parade, except for 1933, for some unknown reason, and I couldn't find why, he actually led the parade this year instead of ended it. That's weird. Mm -hmm. During this first parade, the historians for Macy's said that the spectators that joined actually joined in on the parade and sang along with Santa Claus as he traveled down the parade route, following behind him, singing Christmas carols. Mm. So whatever song Santa was singing, they were singing right along with him. Um, they are unsure about how many people attended the parade, but the estimate is about 250,000 people attended the first Thanksgiving Day parade for Macy's.
0: And that's a lot. Yeah. Especially back then.
1: Yeah. And also in the pictures that I saw looking up for this, they didn't, like, the streets weren't blocked like they are now. It's just like the people lined the streets with the regular traffic going on behind them. Oh, wow. Uh, when they would actually reach Macy's department store, Santa would- you know, get out of the slope, wagon, whatever they you want to call it. Um, This is where he would be crowned king of the kitties, as they put it. And they would also reveal their Christmas window displays for that shopping season. King of the kitties? That's what their like source Like, kids or kitties as in, like, cats? As in children, little chitrons. He's the king of the chitrons.
0: Oh, no Carol Baskin. Uh, in
1: 1927, this is when the Macy's Christmas Parade would become the Thanksgiving Day Parade. And this is also where the balloons, probably some people would say the real star of the parade are are introduced. Uh, These balloons were introduced into the parade because in the 1924 parade, they actually had animals on loan from the Central Park Zoo. They had camels, donkeys, elephants, and even fucking tigers.
0: That's okay. I remember you telling me something about that, but. Than just the fact that they had tigers back mm-hmm. in the day. Like, that's kind of terrifying. Especially with no roadblocks at all. Like, right. there's nothing to like, separate I the tried tiger. I to
1: find out if these tigers were in cages. Or if they... Which I hope that they were. I'm sure they weren't being super stupid so. about it. But, you know, assumption everybody believes about the past. I mean, it was dangerous. But I would think that Hay would have some of these dangerous animals. Like tigers in a fucking cage. So, in 1927, that's when they changed from animals to the balloons because uh macy's was getting word that some of the children were being frightened by the roars and other sounds that these animals were making oh yeah so that's when the balloons first started showing up and they also weren't filled with helium like they are now they were filled with regular compressed air so they weren't on the ropes floating above as well as
0: they were just being held up and not floating on their own. Yes. Okay.
1: Um, they wouldn't be filled with helium until the next year. And uh, it was also to believe that Felix the Cat was the very first of what they would call a character balloon. Uh-huh. Was He was the very first one, but he actually isn't after using historical footage and photographs and documentation. Uh, the first character balloons were to show up in 1927, the same year, the balloons came out would be a from a comic strip called the cats and jammer kids which was about a pair of twins that defied authority basically oh. so like precursor dennis the menace kind of type of comic strip times two times two yeah double trouble basically <laughs> um, felix the cat would actually be in 1931 was the most famous character balloon would make a new appear- reappearance in on the 90th anniversary of his first appearance but what was the first the first appear- character appearance was the catch and buyer the what the cats and jammer kids i just mentioned cats and, okay they're the first character balloons oh it was kids like they yeah. actually made okay yeah they were a character balloon of these kids from this comic oh, strip okay also in the 1930s macy's thanksgiving day parade they would actually introduce four balloons that had a sound effect to them
0: is it like when you air let, let air out real <laughs> slow from a whoopee cushion? Please
1: tell me it was. <laughs> no, but now I'm imagining that <laughs> as being one of the. No, it was not.
0: That would be the <laughs> loudest and longest fucking whoopee fart ever oh my god okay sorry
1: yeah now all i can think of is like an ace ventura cartoon, <laughs> over, with making whoopee cushion sounds basically yep you're welcome and now the these sound effect balloons that they had was a dachshund hound dog or a wiener dog that would bark a pig that would make squealing sounds a giant crying baby Ugh. which is bizarre and a hissing alligator balloon
0: And that didn't scare the kids?
1: Yeah. Here's this like 70 foot long alligator balloon that's actually hissing at you, but but that's okay. I don't know. The past is weird.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you're telling
1: me. So speaking of weird, this is actually where it starts to get a little bit weird with the balloons itself. Okay. Uh, The first time that they had these balloons, they didn't deflate them like they do now. They were originally designed to release their helium at an altitude of 2,000 feet with a specially designed valve that they had in them, uh, creating a short tradition in the, for this area known as the Macy's Balloon Chase. Macy's would offer a gift card somewhere between $25 and $100 as a reward for the retrieval of their balloons, which equivalent to about $1,700 today. Damn, really? Yeah.
0: Fuck, inflation on two levels. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see what you're doing there being.
1: <laughs> being punny. But they would have a return address affixed to these balloons and by 1932 they would actually stop releasing these balloons after one pilot tried to retrieve one of these balloons by plane but he would only receive $25. Macy's decided to ban the retrieval by plane after this first guy that did this. Mm-hmm. Um, the following year, two different pilots decided to say, fuck that, we're doing it anyway. Then they tried to gather up another balloon as well, and uh, they almost crashed. And it, it was a student pilot and their instructor, and thankfully, they switched seats after the plane stalled out. And about 250 feet from the ground, the pilot got the plane to back in level before they hit the ground. Hey. Yeah. So Macy's caught word of this, and they stopped doing it altogether after... Mm-hmm. after that second incident because they don't want to have their gift to the city of new york ruined by somebody's death basically right um some of the other balloon retrievals that i can actually find is one was known as tom the pig then he floated around the empire state building for a couple hours before he landed in <laughs> east Ellis, which is part of a town of uh, part of long island um after reading all these i kind of Pinpointed where they's all at. these all floated off into the Long Island area, basically. So these are all the locations. They're in or around the Long Island area. Uh, Fritz the Dotson, which is probably the same one that actually barked, he was rescued by a tugboat in the East River. George the Drum Major would be torn to shreds by a mob of spectators and 82 spectators would try to claim retrieval with their pieces. I mean... The IECs probably didn't really specify how much of the balloon had to come back. Oh, true. Uh, Wiley the Redbird would be rescued 22 miles away on a section of Long Island called Fire Island, which is a national park. Mm -hmm. And he had enough helium in him to stay in flight for approximately 72 hours after the parade. Jesus. Uh, Macy's had made the decision if he was not claimed by the following Saturday after the parade, they were going to have to issue warnings to ships in the North Atlantic shipping lanes.
0: That there could be potential, like, <laughs> giant shit falling from the sky. Yeah, know.
1: The <laughs> interesting with our episode last week about cryptids is just, would there have been a cryptid that would have came, like, been discovered because of this giant fucking red bird balloon floating oh, over God. the Atlantic Ocean? Probably. It would have been great to see, to hear, well not see, but hear what the legend of, you know, the Long Island Redbird or whatever would be right. fucking cool. great. Right. David Hedger Childress would have to come out of the hall or something <laughs> out, out on a time suck episode <laughs> over that. Uh, these balloons were made solely by Goodyear Tire and Rubber Company until the 1980s. And then they moved production in-house after that with the Macy's Parade Studio after they created it. It would takes approximately 25 employees to start in April to construct these balloons in between design and all, everything that goes into them and have them completed by Halloween. They're constructed of polyurethane rubber and made in chamber sections. So that's if these balloons get snagged and get torn open, they are still going to be able to fly unless mm-hmm. there's a catastrophic tear in the chambers. The original balloons were a composite of polyurethane and cloth. But over time, they went move straight to rubber. Uh, This is one of the more interesting facts that I found out about them. The balloons are hand painted after they are inflated for the first time.
0: Oh, so all the stretches already out Mm -hmm. of them. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah,
1: so this is to prevent cracking and also to check for leaks after it's first initially assembled. And when they are completed, they're shipped. You know, they're packed up in their their shipping containers and whatnot. After while, they're stored at the studio. Uh, the night before which is actually a um, kind of a pre-holiday tradition for the new york area is to go watch the balloons be inflated oh Uh, they are not actually inflated all the way since helium will expand as it warms up so they are under pressure for what they're designed so when they are in the sunlight the helium expands and then they expand Mm. up the rest of the way and that's why some of them look Wrinkled on certain A little bit parts, deflated, of the, yeah, and the parades are up because they are not fully inflated because the helium hasn't expanded fully yet. Um, it takes approximately 90 minutes to fill one of these larger character balloons, but it also takes only 15 minutes to deflate them with the giant zippers they have sewn into these chambered areas. Macy's department source is actually the second larger, largest consumer of helium in the world behind NASA and the U.S. government. That's crazy. Yeah, that's mean, so
0: much helium. It, Can you imagine standing at the entrance to where all the helium goes in as it's like deflating, and you're just standing there talking like this the entire time? That would be. That, I never
1: really thought that's <laughs> maybe something I should have left into. That would into. be great.
0: <laughs> like, why do all you fucks sound like Minnie Mouse? Sorry. <laughs>
1: And to sponsor your balloon, if you actually would like to see one in the parade, you have to pay Macy's $190,000 to cover entry and construction of your balloon. And and every year after that, it's $90,000 to have your balloon featured in the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. That's crazy. In 1958, there was a helium shortage and they got creative on how to keep these balloons in the parade. So they went back to the original compressed air and they had cranes travel the parade route holding these balloons up. I'm sorry, why? There was a helium shortage at this time. Oh,
0: okay. I must have missed that part.
1: So I'll have a picture for it listed. In, you know, I do have a picture of it so you can get a better idea of it. Okay. I'm sure at one point in their life that maybe somebody has wanted to be one of on uh, one of these balloon crews just so you could say you'd done it because it probably could be considered a bucket list thing. Um, But unfortunately, this is a special honor that's held for Macy's employees only and also as well as their friends and their family. They can be balloon handlers. So this is a legitimate you got to know someone to know someone to get into this. You have to be grandfathered in. You don't have to be grandfathered in. It has to be you have to know a Macy's employee to become a balloon handler. So every... And I'm
0: sure that they would have to verify that, so that you couldn't just right. any random person be like, "Hey, I know that that."
1: Oh, I'm sure there's a
0: whole Mike plot. that works at Macy's. Let me let me yeah. in the parade.
1: Um, it's mostly Macy's employees from you know Eastern Seaboard area, but I'm uh-huh. sure if any other Macy's employees like could possibly do it if they really wanted to pay their way to New York to
0: with proof, probably.
1: Oh, I'm sure. I mean, if I was working for Macy's, I would just want to do it at least once just to say I can do it. Oh,
0: pal- yeah. Well,
1: hell yeah. Just so I can say that I did it. Yeah. Uh, the ropes that the balloons, that keep the balloons under control, are actually called bones. Bones? They're called bones. Can't f- couldn't find why they call them bones, but that's just the name they gave them. Okay. Uh, the crews that are known as the balloon handlers or wranglers. It takes approximately 50 to 90 wranglers per balloon, depending on its size.
0: Okay. So. You may not have the answer to this from everything that you read, but like, what is the biggest
1: balloon? By size? Yeah. By size. I actually do have that in my little bit of
0: fun facts. Okay, so keep that in mind, like, what is the biggest balloon, and how many people did it take I to can... carry that balloon?
1: There wasn't any... It didn't say? It didn't say, because the one of the balloons, you're going to be a little surprised on its size. Okay. The team of each balloon includes an overall handler, a uniformed NYPD officer, one pilot, two drivers, and the required number of handlers that is for the, p- the balloon depending on its size. Uh-huh. The pilot is constantly giving directions to raise and lower, speed up, or slow down, and be a hype man to keep up the spirits of the balloon handlers. Pilot also does give its directions with a combination of whistles and hand signals, probably because of crowd noise. It's going to be easier to hear, listen for that and notice hand gestures than hearing somebody say speed up, slow down.
0: Yeah, because I imagine it would probably be pretty expensive to get them all like Secret Service earplugs, you know?
1: Yeah. (laughs) Like,
0: we're veering off course, go a little left.
1: But if this is working, why change it?
0: Right? Yeah. It's how it's been done, I'm sure, it's since lo- the beginning.
1: Yeah. Uh, these handlers are typically dressed in a themed jumpsuit associated with a balloon. So SpongeBob is going to look like SpongeBob. Mm-hmm. Kermit the Frog is going to look like Kermit the Frog. You know, so on and so forth. But the pa- the pilot is in a white jumpsuit for a very obvious reason.
0: Oh well, uh, What's the sorry? What's the obvious see the
1: reason? You can easily see the pilot. He doesn't blend in with everyone else.
0: Yeah, because they usually wear brighter colors, and he'd... Yeah, that, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah.
1: Uh, these balloons, they are also tethered down by two utility vehicles, similar to, you know, the great big shiny gator one that we drove for the festival that we yeah. volunteer with. There's two of those tethered to each balloon as well. Oh. I'm not sure if that's because of what how they did with COVID, or if that was a safety measure after... An incident that I'm going to cover.
0: I would say it's probably out of precaution.
1: Um, it's probably after precaution after one of the incidences that I did find out that did happen. Yeah, not a little fun mishap of a balloon tearing and Barney deflating and having to be actually put out of his misery. (laughs) I'm gonna hold on to that for a minute (laughs) before I ruin that. Um, to be a balloon handler, you must be 18 years old have a minimum weight of 120 pounds that's the minimum weight of a balloon handler can be is 120 pounds obvious for an obvious reason you float away um yeah because in some of my research during the 1927s there was like a photograph of one of these balloon handlers 10 feet off the ground when they're trying to fill it (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah so yeah You have to have a minimum weight of 120 pounds or weigh more than that and have to be in good health for obvious reasons. You're walking two and a half miles trying to hold down a monstrous balloon from floating away across the That doesn't
0: want to be held
1: down. (laughs) Yeah. Jeez. And also the the pilot also has another requirement that's kind of seems a little insane, but with the incidences, it'll make more sense. Uh Um, as a pilot, you are have to be able to walk backward for two and a half miles of the parade route knowing where you are at all times. Well, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the balloon pilots, they must also attend classes in aerodynamics, geometry, and physics. It makes sense to be able to know when to speed up, slow down, raise the balloon, oh, lower the balloon. Yeah. Uh, these balloon crews, they would meet together in the first week of November at what Macy's is called balloon fest where the pilots and these handlers would train with their specific balloon outside for the first time it's basically what it is is they're in a big giant open field making circles for the most part learning how to the best way to control controller balloon and whatnot so the pilot can get familiar with their crew and so nothing happens but like as i said pilot requirement of being able to walk backwards might sound a little bit insane absurd yeah. whatever you want to call it But there is for good reason why, because there has been two balloon incidences that led to major changes to the way the balloons are handled in the Macy's Parade. Uh In 1997, the cat and the hat had crashed into a lamppost and causing falling debris to to strike a spectator, fracturing their skull, and would leave them in a coma for a month and injuring four other spectators of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Dang. And this brought on regulations for the balloons to be no bigger than seventy feet tall, forty feet wide, or seventy-eight feet in length. And wind monitoring along the parade route would be implemented in the following year when these balloon regulations were actually put into place. Since I actually said that wrong. This was all put these were all put in the same year.
0: Okay.
1: Um, these wind implements, uh, wind regulation implements would be monitored by the NYPD by computer actual on-site officers measuring for it and if the winds exceed 23 to 34 miles per hour since multiple different sources said both of these i decided to put it in a range of that and or heavy rainfall is going to happen they are prohibited from flying the balloons so it would just
0: be a balloonless parade
1: yes The parade would still go on. There just wouldn't be any balloons. balloons. The balloons would not be able to, would be prohibited to fly.
0: I mean, I mean, it it makes sense.
1: And also in 2006, another new regulation somewhere happened. Um, This would cause to limit the height of how high the balloons, but I couldn't find a specific height on how high it is.
0: So they regulated the height
1: twice? No, they regulated the size of the balloons and what the wind speeds can be, because the way grid buildings work, they create a wind tunnel effect, which amplifies. Right. So it could be, oh, let's say over the, uh, I think it's the East River that's near it. I don't remember my New York geography. Uh-huh. It could be like a 15 mile an hour wind gust over the river, but downtown by Macy's. It could be 35 because of the amplification right. of winds of the grid, the uh, city grid style that New York City is built on. Okay. Uh, in 2006, new, new regulations on how high the, f- the balloons can fly per size. Okay. So this is changing per size because the balloon that I looked that this is, that I looked it up, it's fucking huge. What is it? It is actually the M&M's hot air balloon. Oh. Well, I'll show you a picture of it later. Yeah,
0: I don't think I've seen it.
1: And You'll probably remember once I show it to you because I can not remember them being any m M&M and balloons no. until I saw this one. Okay. So in two thousand five, a similar incident to like the cat and hat, wind gusts yeah. and everything. It injured two sisters that were spectating the parade. One source said that they got a lifetime supply of MMs after this happened, but I couldn't <laughs> find any score. I couldn't find any other source that said that, not even uh-huh. the fandom page for the Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade. So it could just be bullshit okay. clickbait article on stuff, but okay. It's like, sorry about our balloon about killed you, but here's a lifetime supply of chocolate. Here's some diabetes. Yeah. You know, a task force was created on this incident. It was found out the balloons were flying too low. Oh so now there's a regulation on how low and how high the balloons can fly per balloon size. But I cannot find any information on what the regulation is on that. Okay. Um now also before the because of this second incident. Uh, Macy's will now inspect a parade route looking for any obstructions being light posts, street signs, trees, and they will get with the city of New York and they will have those either altered by being turned in opposite direction for the day of the parade or they'll be removed altogether if possible.
0: That sounds like so much work.
1: Well, when... This is, like, probably one of the biggest events of the city of New York has every wow. year, tourism-wise, money-wise. Millions you're of people ge- down you're...
0: there, millions of people watching on TV. Yeah. yeah.
1: And that many people coming to New York City to, interject, to inject money into their economy. You're going to do what you're going to do to, you know, yeah, keep that's this going. true. And the, there is a long list of incidences with the balloons where they're being torn and whatnot, and, but those two are the most well-known in the parade's history. And uh, most of the incidences were tears and property damage due to wind and rain. When I looked through the list, one of the more amusing ones that I found was in during the 1990s, like I started to tell you, was about Barney.
0: Uh huh.
1: So it was just, I found it amusing because all I could picture when I was reading through it was the picture about how this whole incident went down. So during the parade route, Barney got tangled up in a tree and got torn. Okay. So, yes, Barney the purple dinosaur. He got entangled into a tree and got torn open. And to help get the balloon off the parade New York police officers ran up and started having Barney with the pocket knives that they had. <laughs> and in amongst oh. the months st- of crying children and cheering parents oh is how God. the article, re- you know, put it out there. As, really?
0: Yeah. Kids were crying and parents were cheered. I mean, I would have too. <laughs> cheered, not cried. Yeah. It's, but damn, dude, they were up there fatally yeah. wounding
1: fucking yeah. barney and also if i remember correctly it was in 1958 the popeye balloon the parade was held during a heavy rainstorm and his hat was collecting water and because of the wind his, his entire balloon tipped in one direction they estimated it dropped about 50 gallons of water on the ground below <laughs>
0: oh no and you know it was cold as shit too, oh, yeah
1: because you know mid-november
0: yeah in a wind tunnel yeah that's quite great
1: so some of the fun facts to close this up. Fun facts! Fun facts. I probably should just sound clip that already. <laughs> the only time the parade has been canceled was during World War II. And Macy's would donate the balloons towards the war effort, weighing in at 650 pounds total of rubber. Okay. The parade would return in 1945 with a new route and that half the size of the original. Now this is when the studio and two and a half mile route is now in place. Okay. My first thought about reading that though was I thought it was COVID. That was actually a pre-recorded, was they used pre-recorded footage of the parades before. Well, some of it was still from that year, but they was they went crowdless and part of it was mostly pre-recorded at the time. Uh huh. Um, the Rockettes are an iconic part of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade, but they didn't debut in the lineup until 1958, and they are the last act of the pre-parade festivities.
0: Well, yeah, because it's like right after that that Santa shows up, mm-hmm. so.
1: No, Santa's at the very end. The Rockets perform before the actual parade starts.
0: Oh, I thought they were at the end.
1: Nope, they're the Rockets. So they
0: open the show then.
1: Yeah, they're pretty much are oh. the, they're the last of the pre parade, but they are also the opener. Okie uh, dokie. I would more likely say they, in my opinion, I'd say they're the opener of the parade besides the New York Police Department Highway Patrol
0: yeah. on
1: their motorcycles coming in. Yep. Yeah. Uh, The parade was first televised on a local New York station in 1945, and in 1948, it would be televised for the first time nationally on NBC. Uh, NBC would go on to be the official broadcaster of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade in 1953 and has been since. Yeah. Today, it is estimated that about 50 million people watch the parade at home today. The original Miracle on 34th Street was showcased the parade and filmed on location, so they only had one shot at the scenes when they were filming this. Also, actor Edmund Gwen portraying Santa Claus in the film would be the Santa Claus in the parade for that year as well. Aww. Snoopy, uh, from the Peanuts cartoons, has made more appearances in the parade than any other character, Balloon, since he debuted in 1963. Nope, 1968.
0: How many times?
1: This will be his 43rd appearance and has hate had eight different costume changes over the years from anywhere from an astronaut to the fighter pilot or Baron that he's most known as. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Um, when president Kennedy was assassinated three days before the parade, uh, there was a possibility that the parade was going to be canceled, but in F- Kennedy family reached out to Macy's and said, please keep the parade on for the sake of the children. The coldest Macy's Thanksgiving day parade was in 2018 At 18 degrees.
0: Ugh. God, can you imagine? Like, just wind chill.
1: Straight to the bone. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Oh, no. And in 1933, on record, was at 69 degrees as the hottest Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade.
0: But that would be, like, perfect.
1: Yeah, yeah. But then again, in 1933, I don't think everybody had air conditioning to go run into afterwards.
0: But 69 is not that warm.
1: But... This is in a major urban area, so it was actually probably higher than that from the sun, all the stone work and concrete absorbing heat.
0: Oh, you so nerdy.
1: <laughs> the, the wettest Macy's Thanksgiving Day parade was in 2006 with a rainfall of 1.72 inches. That's a lot. Mm hmm. Tom the Turkey, even though I didn't go over floats, because they weren't nearly as interesting as. The balloons. The balloons were, but they do have a size regu- min- oh, size regulation to fit through the Lincoln Tunnel that would be reconstructed later. Oh. Uh, Tom the Turkey, he is actually the oldest Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade float and his debut in 1973 and has been in every parade since then. I actually like this one little clip from an article on their response when they're asked this question. uh uh-huh macy's will not disclose how much the prey costs them each year and the only response that they will give it's a gift to the city and as with any gift you don't leave a price tag on i like that yeah uh there are estimates that i did find online but after reading this response i decided to leave it out yeah and leave it the way it is if you want if your curiosity wants to know go find it
0: bring up your google foo Mm
1: mm-hmm so that's the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and their major stars, the balloons. That's awesome. I could have gone over, like, performers when they all came in. But it's like any celebrity, basically, that's been alive since 1941, I think. is No, that's would have been in World War II. No, it wouldn't have been yet. It's the late 30s, early 40s. Don't remember exact date. Mm-hmm. There's been celebrity performances in every Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. Yeah. Minus 2020 being live. So I decided to leave that out, and I even looked for my birth year, uh-huh. and your birth year. <clears throat> not a single name I really recognized. They include really? any? So none. N- not that I can remember off the top of my head at the time I was reading it. Oh. So, so yeah, that's it for Macy's and the balloons and uh, their parade.
0: That that was good. You did a lot of re- you spent a lot of time looking at balloons and mm. the history of yeah. balloons. <laughs> like, and the thing is, like, you started with One Direction. And yeah. then you went the complete opposite direction. It was probably the best thing you could have done.
1: Yeah, because that first original direction, I don't remember how it got run up or where we were. Is when it popped in my head. Uh-huh. And then, yeah, now I started looking into it. It was fucking terrible.
0: Yeah.
1: It's like the history of Black Friday. It's like one Wikipedia page. And I was like, eh, no. And it's
0: probably not very long either. It's not. Uh, yeah.
1: It was actually quite boring. It's not as exciting as I thought it was going to be. Bet.
0: This was good. I like yeah. this good job babe thanks so i'm doing as i stated true crime uh this is about a family thanksgiving dinner gone wrong
1: yay let me guess it was caused by a debate about the politics politics or religion
0: no oh, no nope. okay you Nope.
1: because you know that's usually the most common things that start thanksgiving fights is debating politics or religion
0: no sir not this time
1: my mother hated going to thanksgiving when my uncle rich would be there because that's all the man ever talked about politics yep and religion no just politics that's all i can remember ever being or any time spent around that man that's all it was was about fucking politics all the fucking time Jeez.
0: so my grandma the one that you met
1: Mm
0: -hmm. uh my uncle the one you met didn't like he didn't like turkey uh, didn't like the traditional thanksgiving dinner right so every year my grandma ordered pizza for dinner <laughs> for them yeah all right so you ready yeah, the to hear about sure. this fucked up uh, thanksgiving dinner yeah okay on september nope
1: <laughs> <laughs> this thanksgiving dinner in september it is canadian you, did your dad fucking plan this <laughs> Okay, we're going to go to Golden Corral September 24th. It's 11 a.m. as soon as they open because I don't want to stand in line. <laughs> Pretty
0: much. <laughs> fuck me. God. Okay. On Sunday, November 29th, 1998, the pravaki family was preparing for a late Thanksgiving dinner. 18-year-old Seth was getting ready for dinner in a different way than his family. Mm-hmm. His brother was watching TV while waiting for his girlfriend to show up because his girlfriend was going to join them for dinner okay. their dad had gone to pick up their grandpa and they were on their way back already his mom was showering in preparation for the day Seth had been upstairs loading a 22 Ruger R-U-G-E-R yes, Ruger okay. that belonged to his dad they all woke up that morning excited to spend another holiday together and enjoy a feast none of them knew that this day would end in murder right According to neighbors, Seth was seemingly a good kid. They all say that. Oh, well, right. he was such a good kid. He was very kind to of polite.
1: He was, he was a quiet kid, but he was, he was never a troublemaker. Right, until he decided to kill, you right. know. Anyways. Right, it kind of goes back to an old George Carlin skit that I remember. It's like, it's so always the quiet ones you gotta watch? He's like, no, I'm gonna watch the guy that's banging a machete on the bar screaming. and I'm gonna kill the next motherfucker that walks in the door. No, I'm keeping my eye on him.
0: <clears throat> yeah, I mean fair point about a year before the events that i will describe to you took place seth had a, a couple of run-ins with the law like he was arrested twice once for shoplifting a cd that was the thing yeah. apparently
1: and I mean, well, it's still shoplifting no matter what <clears throat> it is
0: i know but this this really dates it by saying he shoplifted a cd yeah um and another run-in was for him shoplifting beer which Hardly anything to write home about. However, this was a precursor to being sent to a youth home for 10 days and being forced to take therapy and being prescribed Wellbutrin. I was taking that at one point. Okay. So now I'm going to kind of get into what happened that day. Keep in mind that the next part takes place on November 29th. Okay? Okay. This would start around noon, but nothing would be found until nearly 12 hours later. So it'd be pretty ripe by the time anybody showed up. Around midnight on the 29th, April's parents, April was the brother's girlfriend that was coming for dinner. Uh, they showed up to look for her since she didn't show up to her third shift job. Her employer called her house and that's how they found out. And then they were like, oh, fuck no. And they went over to mm-hmm. the Provaki home. They got worried. So they went there to see if she was still there when they got there. They claimed to have seen a shadowy figure run from the garage into the house. They also spotted a man's body lying in between two cars in the driveway of the provocative home. They went towards the garage and saw blood on the floor and a young man run run out of the house and disappear into the night. They called the police immediately after that because they knew something was wrong. Obviously, there's a body in between the cars in
1: the driveway. There's a shadowy figure running around, too, so... Don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. (laughs) my god oh
0: if you didn't know david's a tiktok queen
1: no i'm not
0: <laughs> oh. okay so when police arrived and entered the home they found the bodies of april boss which was the brother's girlfriend 78 year old jonathan pravaki which was seth's grandfather
1: mm-hmm.
0: they were both in a small room in the back of the garage seth's 19 year old brother jedediah was found in the basement and his mother, Linda, was found upstairs in the bathroom where Seth had shot her as she was getting out of the shower. The body in the driveway belonged to Seth's father, 50-year-old Steven. Autopsies later revealed that all five big victims had obviously died of gunshot wounds. Okay. That's clear. All of them were shot once and died instantly, except for the grandfather. He was shot twice because the first shot didn't kill
1: him. I'm assuming these were all shots to the head. I'm assuming is what he went for.
0: I'm, um, Yeah.
1: Even though technically you can survive a shot to the head, but... Well, this family didn't. It all depends, maybe. Well, since he is using a twenty two, I want to say that as small as that is, it's probably shot them in the head and it bounced around on their skull for the most...
0: Ugh, rattled like mm-hmm. marbles. Shortly after the police arrived, they were met by a teenage boy walking out. This would turn out to be 18-year-old Stephen Wallace, and he would go on to explain what had happened. Stephen was a friend of Seth's and had gotten a phone call from Seth earlier in the day. Seth told Stephen that he had killed his mom, dad, brother, their grandpa, and his brother's girlfriend. Seth had asked Stephen to come over and help him clean up the scene. He wanted help moving the bodies and getting rid of the murder weapon.
1: I don't care how, you know, much of a friendship I have with somebody. Uh-huh. If you call me, you like, hey, I need help moving <clears throat> bodies. Nope, fuck that. I also, 911 yeah okay I, bye gotta go my mom's coming to do the dishes <laughs>
0: right right steven agreed to help him yeah he tossed the gun in a pond miles away from the pravaki home and he said he was there helping clean when april's parents came over this automatically turned into a manhunt at that point you know because right where the fuck is seth mm-hmm. we found steven the help right where's the main guy the high school that Seth and Stephen attended was the same school that Seth's father taught at. Well, it wound up being put on lockdown in case uh, in case Seth were to show up. Pictures of Seth were shown around the school and handed out in case a student happened to see him, you know, walking towards the school, in the school. Um, that way they could alert staff.
1: Okay, so they were all found the next day Monday, right? They were found...
0: 12 hours yeah because it would have been a little after midnight yep. i believe when okay. their bodies were found
1: okay no, okay now the lockdown makes more sense anyway. yeah
0: well either way they still they didn't have seth they would, would have been looking for him right okay so during the day at this high school all those attending found out about the death of jedediah and his girlfriend april even though they had graduated the previous year they you know they still have friends there right uh, it made for a sad day so sad in fact for one student genevieve Sim- simonelli that she had drove she left the school and drove around just because she needed like to be by herself i guess no it didn't really say why um during her drive genevieve saw someone hitchhiking young and dumb she pulled over to pick them up once the person got in her car, she realized it was none other
1: than who? The hat man. The muffin man. God damn it. No. <laughs> no. This is a macabre <laughs> podcast. It's not going to be happy people <laughs> like the muffin man. Come on now. It's going to be Ingrid Kohler, the fucking hat man or some shit. <sighs> or Squatch.
0: Sam Squatch. Anyways, so it was Sam that okay. had gotten in her car.
1: Like Sam from Trick or Treat. Okay, I'll <clears throat> fucking stop now.
0: Did I say Sam? <laughs> Jesus Christ, his name is Seth. Wow So yeah it was Seth Uh, Even though she was terrified she took Seth To his friend's house where he had asked to go It wasn't to Stephen's house His friend was not home So he went and hid in their pole barn Until about 1pm the day after So this would have been on the 30th Thankfully Genevieve figured She should probably open her mouth and be like Yeah the dude was just in my car So she told the police where he was The police went to the pole barn Got him out arrested him After being taken to the police station and interviewed, Seth confessed everything he did. He told the officers the story about a fight he had had with his dad and his dad telling him that he needed to move out. Mm -hmm. So, being stupid and young
1: and... Because, you know, you know everything in the world at that point.
0: Oh, yeah. And being angry because his dad, you know, is done taking Mm -hmm. his shit, basically... Out of anger, he got the gun and decided to kill some, his entire family. Once he did that, he got rid of the shell casings and decided to call his friend Stephen to come help him move the bodies and bury them. When Stephen arrived to help, they both soon realized that simply moving the bodies was too hard. So they had to try and make it look like a robbery gone wrong.
1: Yeah, we're still moving bodies to make it look like a robbery gone wrong.
0: The, I don't think they got them very far far obviously mom
1: was still left right.
0: upstairs in the right. bathroom
1: so i'm assuming they lived in a somewhat <clears throat> rural area if they was able to pop off that many people and nobody had yeah, called the police, then i'm
0: assuming i didn't find anything out about locate well location or no. where this all took place in Muskegon, michigan though i don't know if i even said that in the beginning i don't remember i don't think i did anyways so they were both in the process of taking things out of the house like the tv the vcr the stereo mm-hmm Uh, to make it look like they had been robbed and this is when april boss's parents showed up so i found a timeline of events that came straight from the muskegon chronicle so i'm going to go down that super quick all right noon on the 29th after an argument seth who said relations with his family had been deteriorating in the previous six months is told to move out by his dad Seth, an 18-year-old, at the time he was a senior at Wreath Puffer High School, he decided to shoot his family. 12.30, Pravaki goes upstairs to his father's closet, grabs his dad's 22 caliber pistol, inserts the clip, and goes downstairs hiding the pistol behind his back. 12.45, Stephen, the dad, Mm -hmm. leaves to pick up Seth's grandfather, John, in Roosevelt Park for a belated Thanksgiving dinner. Shortly after that, Seth walks behind his brother Jedediah, who was 19 at the time. He was sitting on the couch watching TV. Seth shot him in the head, the back of the head, and then drug his body into the basement so no one else could see it. Like, if mom was to come downstairs, she wouldn't have seen. I mean, there had to have been blood all over that couch. So, 110. Dad and Grandpa return back to the house where Seth was waiting. He claims he didn't know his grandfather was coming for dinner, but he shot both men in the back of the head in the garage as they were heading to the door. He shoots the grandfather in the head a second time because the first bullet didn't kill him. 1.15 p.m. Seth goes upstairs where his mother had just gotten out of the shower. He entered the bathroom and shoots Linda in the back of the head. One twenty. Seth comes downstairs as April Boss, Jedediah's 19-year-old girlfriend, enters the home. She walks into the kitchen, and Pravaki shoots her in the back of the head as well. He claims he didn't know April was coming for dinner either. I
1: don't know. I feel I'm like he... I was surprised he was able to shoot this many people Yeah. in this long of a time period. But also, yep. it could also... If this isn't like a rural part of Michigan, this is... Probably in the middle of deer season, but it might not be rifle season at that time. Yeah. Bow. I'm not sure. I know there's specific seasons mm-hmm. for each type of hunting.
0: M- Muskegon's not a small city.
1: Oh, I know it's not, but it could be still in Muskegon address because, you yeah. know, like we don't live yeah. where live we live. We're not outside. in the city limits there, but we are a city resident there. Right, But. Even though with me saying that they might play it off as, you know, outside noise from from hunters or whatever.
0: Whatever. But, a car
1: backfiring as it drove but by. As close as it would be, you would know that's like inside the fucking house or yeah. near the house.
0: Unless they lived, you know, by them, not by themselves, but away from everybody else. OK, right. so continue on. 2 p.m. Seth calls his friend Stephen Wallace, also a senior wreath puffer. And according to Pravaki's later confession to police, he tells Wallace that he killed his family. He begs Wallace to come over and help him clean up. Wallace, Stephen, uh, goes to the home, helps him wrap the bodies in sheets, and they plan to bury the bodies later. 6 p.m., Wallace attends a church youth group party and agrees to return to Pravaki's home afterward. So he went from helping sheet dead bodies... And putting them on pause, mm-hmm. like, I'll come back after my, my church youth group party to help finish getting rid of your family. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. So, 11 p.m. Well, this goes from 11 p.m. to midnight. So, Stephen returns to the home, and they decide the bodies are too heavy to bury, and they try to simulate a robbery. But as they're moving furnishings, April's mother and stepfather, Julie and Tom Cooper, pull into the driveway and... Because they're concerned that their daughter didn't show up to her job. Seth and Steven flee the home and hide in the woods. So that's where Seth went to, apparently. November 30th, at midnight, Tom and Julie Cooper, April's parents, they got a hold of the cops, and then they said, fuck it, we're going over anyways. They show up, see the guy, well, the shadow run into the house, Mm -hmm. and then later on see it flee off into the woods. 7.15 a.m., Genevieve Simonelli is... This is when she leaves to go on her drive. Damn, that early in the morning? School's already started? Like, you've already found out about the death of these people, and you're like, it's too much, and you leave on a drive? 7.15 in the morning, that's so early. Mm. 7.15 in the morning when I was in high school, like, I wouldn't have even had time to get in the school yet at that point.
1: Right, yeah, I don't think, I don't recall if we started that early here or not. It just seems really early to me. It was 7-something when we started, but I don't think it was that damn early.
0: Yeah. December first, nineteen ninety eight, Provaki and Wallace each are charged with five counts of open murder. Wallace's charges were later reduced to accessory to murder. May twenty seventh, nineteen ninety nine. Seth Provaki would plead no contest to the charges that were laid out before him. He was sentenced to five life terms in prison without the possibility of parole after pleading no contest to all five counts. To all five counts of first degree murder. And he was shipped off to Kinross Correctional Facility in, I don't even know how you say this, Kinkalo, Kinchalo, somewhere in Michigan. I've never seen this name in my life. It's about 275 miles north of Detroit. Do you want me to spell it for you? So you can look it up real quick while I read this off.
1: Hold on. Okay, go for it.
0: K-I-N-C-H-E-L-O-E.
1: Yeah, it's probably Kinchelo. Kinchelo? Kinchello or something like that.
0: Okay, anyways. So, Stephen Wallace would be charged with being an accessory and disposing of the murder weapon. He would look at facing upwards of five years in prison if he was convicted. November of 1999, the ruling was tossed out. November 1st, 1999. Stephen Wallace is acquitted by a jury. October 30th, 2007... At this point, being, you know, 2007, Stephen Wallace is now 27 years old, Mm -hmm. and he's sentenced to prison for 28 months to seven and a half years for violating probation on a June 2007 felony conviction of receiving stolen property. Previously, he was convicted of vandalism at age 19, domestic violence at ages 22, 24, and 25, and attempted resisting and obstructing police at age 24 july 15th 2010 three inmates andrew ross inmate number 504582 brian davidson inmate number 458405 and seth Provaki, inmate number 289400 tried to escape from prison the three somehow overpowered the michigan state industry semi driver that was at the prison mm-hmm. But yeah, so they overpowered the semi-driver at the prison just a little bit after 9 p.m. They partially crashed the truck through a double chain-link fence. Partially, because the truck got stuck on the fence, so they didn't make it all the way through. When this happened, it caused the three inmates to jump out and take off running in any direction they chose. And unfortunately, they didn't get to go very far, and two were apprehended immediately. The third took off running, not heeding the warnings from the armed guards, and was shot and killed in their attempt to escape. That day just so happened to end with the sweetest poetic justice. Can you guess how? Shot in the head? Yes. Well, <clears throat> he was shot. I don't know if it was in the no. head. It didn't say. But yes, it ended with Seth Pravaki being 30 years old mm-hmm. at that time, being handed the same are being dealt the same hand that he yeah. dealt his family. He was dead at the age of 30. Stupid fuck.
1: Mhm.
0: But yeah. I just really liked that he wound up dying yeah by gunshots when that's what he did to his family, so I hope he suffered a little bit or mm-hmm.
1: a lot of bit. And uh, depending well most law enforcement are trained to shoot for body mass not for head not play, by PlayStation which would be headshots, So It more likely was shot in the back first before anything else.
0: Eh, could have been. But, like, if you've got armed guards, like, yelling at you, stop, don't move, we'll shoot, and you keep fucking moving, like, you kinda, kinda asked for that. Yeah. But, yeah, that is the
1: tale of the Muskegon Thanksgiving Dinner Murders. And when you first started reading this off, I can't remember the name of this one that I have considered for our Christmas one. Uh Uh-huh. Is it a?
0: Is it? Does it take place in Utah?
1: I don't remember, but I just remember the guy. He went into, around taking his family out while dressed in a Santa Claus costume. Using a very, very unique weapon that I don't want to bring up now because I want your reaction to it.
0: Unless it's one that I've already got listed. I
1: don't. I. That's the problem. I don't remember the name of it, and I don't want to <clears> say <throat> what he yeah. used.
0: Okay, so we'll we'll figure it out some other time.
1: I want to say it was an episode of Dark Topic with Jack Luna that I heard it on, and I don't remember. And I think it was at a time period when I was listening, trying to find the shows that I like. So I was listening, like, fucking everything. everything. <laughs> right. But there's also one for the Christmas one, if, if I do true crime, that that was fictional, and it's actually a real fucking thing that actually happened in between here and Chicago. Oh,
0: I know what you're talking about.
1: Oh, yeah, do you hear it? I know.
0: Yeah, because we talked about it in the kitchen like a week ago.
1: Oh. (laughs) Wah, wah, wah. Well. Anyways. Well, it'll be a surprise to them, but not you.
0: No, but I didn't know that it was a real thing either, so it'll still be a surprise to me because I don't know the whole thing.
1: But like I said, I got to see how much information I can find out at first. Right. So anyhow. Join us on all the things. Oh, so we're not gonna be aggressive this week. That's good. Two weeks in a row is fine enough. Social media. Okay, so we're going for three.
0: Yay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Social media. Uh, join our Facebook group. Just search our show name. Follow us on Twitter at macabre Emporium. Follow and subscribe to us on YouTube at macabre Emporium Podcast because you can actually customize your channel names now. Yeah. So it's at macabre Emporium Podcast. Uh, shoot us an email let us know how we're doing constructive criticism is always welcome share a local case of the macabre or the weird that you would like us to research for a possible episode macabre emporium pod at Mm gmail.com
1: that's all the things and then you said like follow like share rate follow subscribe all the things. definitely if somebody's looking for podcasts throw our name out there first before any other yes and please leave us reviews on each episode so that
0: we know, like, the shit sucked. Let's not do it this way again.
1: Because right. all the reviews, any possible emails, it'll help us, you know, still fine tune what, you know, things that we're doing. Yeah. Even though, like, it still could turn into true crime with you and history and origins with me, maybe. And then, I don't know how else to put it. A grand bag episode, but, you know, mm-hmm. since we go see... Jumping on the camera, maybe a clearance bin episode.
0: I wanna I wanna tease at that very, very last one on the board over here. The very bottom one? The very bottom one. So we have a super, super awesome episode (laughs) that we've come up with. Well, not we, I'm sure it's been done by others, but I don't know. Uh that'll be coming out on December twenty eighth, the very end of the year. Um and it'll be kind of like our Thank you for listening mm-hmm. and sticking with us this long. And see you next year.
1: Yep.
0: Huh? But there's a lot of, there's going to be a lot of fun stuff in that one. Yeah. I'm excited to do this one. So well,
1: I, that one. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not really see you next year. There will be an episode, you know, every week after this. So,
0: well, no, that's why I said December 28th. I know. Basically. So on that one, we can tell them see you next year. Yep. Because there won't be another one in between that okay. one and the following
1: year. Okay. So, anyhow. <laughs> I'm starting to think it might be time to close up the Emporium for today, Sarah. What do you think? I agree. So until next time. Remember to creep it real. Okay, bye. Bye.
0: And being yum and yum, yum, (laughs) being yum and dumb.